We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, and we have some Niners news to get to, including the news that Brock Purdy suffered a full tear of his UCL. We will talk about what that means for next season and really the the future of the the quarterback position for the 49ers, because there's a few different ways that can wind up going. So really, really excited to dive into that conversation. But first, we're sponsored by Cooperage Brewing. You should know this by now. If you don't, I'm going to tell you about it. Cooperage, located in Santa Rosa. You can go visit the brewery. We've talked about the vibes. They're great. The beer, great. The food trucks they have on hand, always great. They go out of their way to make sure they have dope-ass food there for you. Go hang out. Make a day of it. Bring your dog. Dog-friendly brewery. One of my favorite things in the world. The other thing you can do is you can order Cooperage online at cooperagebrewing.com. You go to cooperagebrewing.com. You can order a case. Drop it at your front door. There is no better way to acquire beer. There's just not. And everything from Cooperage is delicious. I've yet to have a beer where I've been like, nah, I'm not going to have another one of those. It's been very much the opposite. I don't think, Chris, I'm going to bring you in here. Mm -hmm. We've now been to Cooperage in person together twice for our events. I was going to say, I go there like every time I go back home to Santa Rosa. You go all the time. I don't get up to Santa Rosa as often as you do, but I've been twice. I was trying to think of how many beers I've had in my two visits. Is that a game you really want to play on the record? It's, an, it's a lot of, it's a lot. It's, it's more than, well, I was going to, so when I was doing this, this, this ad, I was going to say, I've had a few there, but it's more than a few. And then I started thinking, oh, it's been a lot. I think I've I think I would put the over under at eleven and a half. Total? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, every time I go up there I have a few. Uh most of the time I have a long drive ahead of me. So maybe not a few, maybe a couple is probably the better the better phrasing. But when I stay up there, I for for sure get after it a little bit because the beer is so good and i know a lot of people who are there pretty regularly but also like i end up coming home with cases so like right that's there's just <laughs> there's been lots of cooperage beer in my life and i'm obviously a very very big fan so i've always been i've always been the kind of person that's like yeah i guess i have a favorite brewery but i don't <laughs> i've not been cooperage my favorite brewery yeah and i Same. say that not because they sponsor the podcast <laughs> <laughs> It helps, but it helps. it's the brewery. It's the brewery I've spent the most time at and drank the most beer from. Yeah, by like a lot. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe maybe Cooperage is good for UCLs. I mean, we don't know that it's bad for UCLs. That's a great transition. Let's dive in. <laughs> Cooperagebrewing.com. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Has got him and a second back inside the 30 yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13 yard loss. Quick pass. Caught. 
maybe all Brock Purdy needs to do, as you alluded to in the open, maybe he just needs to crush some cooperage. He'll be back by March. Yeah. We're the shot, right? Be back by late <laughs> February, probably. <laughs> Healing properties. Um, yeah. So Brock, Brock Purdy, well, I guess we'll start here. We've got some Niners coaching news to get to as well. But Brock Purdy, complete tear of his UCL, out at least six months. If that's the case, depending on when he has that surgery, even if he has it in the next few days, looking at early August, which is the probably the second, maybe third week of camp. And it just throws a wrench into the Niners' whole offseason at quarterback. And we talked about this a little bit in our in our postgame pod on Sunday. But I think everything's on the and it depends almost entirely on how the team feels about Brock Purdy's health going into next year. Yeah, so Brock Purdy spoke to reporters today and basically said he's still trying to figure out uh, what's going to happen, what they're going to decide. He's going to get more imaging. He might already have that imaging by the time people listen to this on Wednesday. Um, but on Tuesday, he told reporters that he could either have a uh, surgery to repair it, which sounds like a six month prognosis and, and he could be back in time for training camp. Or if it's a complete reconstruction, which is essentially Tommy John, it would be a year, which obviously means he wouldn't play any football next season. Um, so there he has options, both of which seem like they're on the table. I think there's also a less likely scenario in which he opts against having surgery. I have no idea what the imaging on Purdy's elbow is looking like, but I mean, that would be ideal, right? But who knows if if it would be enough to heal properly and, and have him ready to play football anytime soon. Right. Um, the point being here is that, you know, like the 49ers and, and Nick made this point, shout out to our favorite cast member, Nick Wagner. He made this point on his sports center hit that I just watched a few minutes ago and George George Kittle talked about just not having any stability at quarterback. Um, that's really something the 49ers have been missing in a substantial way, right? And no matter how this goes, I mean, not ideally, if you're Kyle Shanahan, you're like, we would just love to have a guy that we can make our starting quarterback for the next five, six, seven years, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that's Brock Purdy or Trey Lance. And the Trey Lance angle to this is that he's going to be out of his walking boot within the next month or so and be fully cleared to participate in football stuff. So he'll be a full go for the offseason program when that comes. Um, so like, yeah, I still think they're going to look into Tom Brady. I don't think they're going to look into Aaron Rodgers. I think a lot of that has to do with personality fit. And I just think there's a lot of contractual machinations to that. Yeah. Um, that are going to make that really complicated. Like if you trade for Aaron Rodgers in that contract, it just becomes really difficult. Like the um, Jason Fitzgerald at overthecap.com did a really good job breaking it down of what a trade would look like. And essentially given all the money he's been guaranteed, if it, if he's traded, the bonuses can be spread out over the next four seasons to where in 2023 his cap hit is pretty manageable at 15.8 million roughly. But then you have cap hits of 32 million point five, 51 million point one, 45 million point two over the following three years. And the vast majority of those cap hits, like those are that's guaranteed money. Um, anything in a bonus is basically guaranteed money. And so you're taking the bonuses that he got from the Packers, which is a lot of money and spreading him out over four years if he's traded potentially. And in that scenario, I just don't see the 49ers paying pa- paying Aaron Rodgers over the next four years. Like $15.7 million sounds great potentially in 2023, but you know how many years does he have? Like right. There just doesn't seem like a realistic possibility that the 49ers could be carrying 32, 51, and $45 million cap hits for Aaron Rodgers over the next three years, which is why Tom Brady, who's a free agent, who they wouldn't have to give up anything in a trade to go get, um, would make a lot more sense. And Brady, of course, is is famous for taking, you know, quote unquote, team friendly deals that still pay him a pretty decent amount of money, but also work 
within the confines of trying to build a, a contending roster. And obviously the 49ers have a lot of highly paid players already. So um, it's just another, uh, it's going to be another long off season of quarterback uncertainty. Like we can't rule Jimmy Garoppolo coming back. We can't rule Tom Brady potentially being in the fold. We have no idea what Brock Purdy's health is going to be. We think Trey Lance is going to be healthy, but we don't really know how Kyle Shanahan feels about him because there hasn't been an indication since Trey Lance got hurt in September that Kyle Shanahan is still all in on Trey Lance, particularly given the way things looked when Brock Purdy was actually playing. Right. So it's just going to be a very complicated, convoluted offseason with a ton of different variables at play and a ton of different potential quarterbacks in the mix. And... I mean, man, the Niners are just perpetually good for content in the offseason. <laughs> Seriously. I cannot imagine any other any other team being this good for content. Like the 49ers feel like a four-alarm fire, basically, because it's like it 99% of other teams in the NFL, if they had the Niners quarterback issues, they would be like not winning games. But the 49ers have all these quarterback issues and have been to the NFC title game in a Super Bowl in three of the last four years. Right. It's a testament <laughs> to how good Kyle Shanahan is in coaching football. It, it's crazy. And building staffs and how good how how well the organization has done in the front office to to kind of construct a roster that can just withstand the weight of a quarterback injury in the modern NFL. It's pretty remarkable, but I want to, I want to kind of try and break this down a little bit because I think there's different, the different ways this play out, this plays out this off season, I think depend entirely on how, how Brock Purdy's off season goes in terms of surgery, what type of surgery he needs and how the team feels about it. Because the Tom Brady option is realistically to me only on the table if he goes the nine to 12 month route and he's just out for the season because now the Niners need a starter because like you said, all indications are they're not going to be comfortable with Trey Lance and then a backup caliber QB going in. So that to me is where the Tom Brady thing hits the table. It gets murky when you look at that six-month timeline, and let's just put him back in early August where he's not gotten any OTAs. He's he's going into year two, basically having to pick up where he left off with no time to develop football-wise. Right. It's all going to be it's all going to be rehab. We I, we saw this with, with Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, some in 2019. Yeah. Like he just never he never really got a chance to to work on anything. Yeah, it took and, him about half the season to get reacclimated after tearing right. his ACL the year prior. Right. So everything we saw from Brock Purdy this year, you feel pretty confident that he'd be able to to hit the ground running, but how much better is he going to be? How's his arm strength going to look? And that's where I think maybe not Jimmy Garoppolo, because I think Garoppolo is going to command too much money and probably more years mm -hmm. than the Niners are going to want to give. But that's where you start to get into like the Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton conversation where it's like, okay, if you need this guy to start, you'd feel okay that you can win games with this guy. But ultimately, like once Purdy's healthy and ready to go, he takes over as a starter. Or you hope that Trey Lance can beat out a Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton type. And maybe it's Purdy. Maybe Brock steps in and he's great and he's just the starter. And now you have Lance and your veteran QB duking it out for the QB two job. I think that's kind of on the table. And then there's a third thing where they're super confident Purdy's going to be fine. That six month mark is, Hey, he's ready to full go football activity. Put him in first team reps on August 3rd. I'm just picking a date on August 3rd or whatever. And he's going to take all the first team reps and Trey Lance is going to take the second team reps and they'll sign Case Keenum or Chase Daniel or somebody that they're just very comfortable like, yeah, hey, that's the third quarterback. He's just the veteran in the room. I think all of that's on the table, and I don't think we're going to really know until we see if 
Purdy has surgery, what surgery he has, and how his rehab goes. But ultimately, the Niners are going to have to make that decision sometime in March when free agency hits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I agree with you. I think if if Purdy's out for the six months, they probably just try to ride it out with him, have Trey Lance work the entire offseason with the with the starters, see if they can develop him and then maybe bring maybe bring in a veteran. But I could also see like Kyle Shanahan. I don't does does he have the patience, do you think, to be like, well, I'm not going to be able to see Brock Purdy play football until August. Have I seen enough from Brock Purdy to feel fully comfortable to bet a season of our championship window being wide open without having confidence that he's like, without having any assurances that he's going to be the player he was this season. Right. Right. Like I think that like, that's kind of a tough bet to make in a similar way that it's a tough bet to make that Trey Lance is going to be that guy after playing so little football really for the last, what, four years now. Mm-hmm. So that to me is is probably the biggest reason why the Tom Brady thing will always be on the table because, I mean, he's so – Kyle Shanahan's gotten close to a championship so many times and just hasn't gotten there. And if Tom Brady's like, hey, I want to come, like last time you guys passed on me, you know, you guys had a miserable season and I went and won the Super Bowl. I know Brady's going to be 46 in August, but like, you know, I watched him play this year. It wasn't great, but I don't know how much of it was just him being bad versus how much the situation sucked mm-hmm. and the play calling and the personnel around him and the offensive line and all that stuff. I do think there's a world where, given the 49ers roster construction and given what Kyle Shanahan could potentially scheme up offensively that Tom Brady could be really good for the Niners next year if he is their quarterback. But again, you're making a bet on a 46 year old quarterback. So what's, right. I mean, like what's the best bet that that's the thing is there's no, there's no real slam dunk option. You're not going to get Aaron Rodgers because of the contractual stuff. And who knows, even if he's like a personality fit, like I kind of think, you know, bringing somebody like Aaron Rodgers into your building when you've had good vibes for as long as the 49ers have had them. Like, I feel like that's potentially pretty dangerous. You have no idea about Tom Brady's age. You have no idea if Brock Purdy is going to be the same guy. That's probably the best bet. Like if it's a six month injury and he comes back, like your best bet is probably Brock Purdy. And then that's right. And then Trey Lance is probably a notch below that. You hope. All right. Hopefully he works really hard in the offseason, continues to develop, maximizes all the reps he's going to get and maybe has like some sort of chip on his shoulder instead of being kind of I mean, last year he was kind of given the starting job, right? Like he ne- he never yeah. really earned it. He was the guy who the team invested all those draft picks in. And, you know, he didn't have to beat anybody out for the job. So. Does Trey Lance enter the offseason with like this chip on his shoulder that's like, no, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go earn this job, or at least improve to the point where I have to make Kyle Shanahan think about it because he'll have seen hundreds of reps of me playing while not having seen Brock Purdy for six months. That's and that's the other thing that I that I failed to mention. I'm glad you brought that up. Because that's also on the table. Like Trey Lance had a game in a monsoon and then got hurt early in his second game. It's not off the table that he goes through some significant development in the offseason and gets all the reps in OTAs and early in training camp and just looks good enough that the Niners go, this is the guy to start the year. And Brock Purdy can continue rehabbing and ramping up and doing whatever he has to do. And maybe they eventually go back to him. Maybe the Trey Lance experiment doesn't work. But it can't just be written off that like, oh, Trey Lance is done. No. I don't because that's that's Trey Lance being good at football is still very much on the table. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. And like, look, anybody who's watched the 49ers knows whether it's you know, Nick Mullins or Jimmy Garoppolo or Brock Purdy, like Kyle Shanahan's offenses, for whatever reason, really get clicking in November and December. Mm-hmm. 
And a lot of that is just reps. A lot of it's just continuity and just all the precision it takes to run that offense and perfecting the, all those techniques that they have each individual player. Like we haven't seen Trey Lance really in that scenario where he's gotten like 10 games worth of reps and then he's going into a stretch run because I do think there's a possibility that Trey Lance would have looked dramatically better late in the season than he did early on. Right. And I think that's the bet that Kyle Shanahan made going into last season. Like, okay, it, it very much looks raw in training camp and we don't fully trust him enough because obviously we still have to incorporate a lot of design quarterback runs a part of the offense because we don't trust him to have the full breadth of the passing game in the same way that we saw Shanahan trust Brock Purdy with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, could Trey Lance continue his development? Absolutely. Like that's, that has to be on the table and the 49 for the 49ers. I mean, if Brock Purdy's going to miss the offseason, that has to be the best case scenario in their minds. Right. Mm-hmm. Be like, okay, this guy we invested all these picks in, like really takes significant steps entering his third NFL season. And yeah, we were right to make him as our, our initial opening day starter yep. last year. Yeah. So because that's the goal. Go ahead. The goal is still like they made that trade up for Trey Lance, hoping that, he would develop into one of those, you know, top five type of guys. They still like Brock Purdy was really good, but are we already or not already, but I never looked at him this year and went, wow, this is going to be a top 10 quarterback. Brock Purdy. Yeah. That's not at least not what I like. Maybe I'm wrong. I could absolutely be wrong, but the the physical tools look like the kind of quarterback that, yeah, hey, this is just kind of this is what it's going to be, and right. and maybe maybe that's fine. Like I could just be way off base here, but I think if they're looking at even like look at the two quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, it's it's Jalen Hurts throws a great deep ball and he's super mobile and Patrick Mahomes who throws the heck out of the ball and creates out of structure all the time and does all sorts of crazy shit with his arm. I think the Niners are still hoping that they can find a player like that. And again, maybe it's Brock, but well, so they're also going to give Trey Lance the opportunity if, if they think he can take it. Where was where, I mean, just roughly, like, where do you think Jimmy Garoppolo ranked on the list of quarterbacks in the NFL by the end of 2019? Ooh. I would have put him in the... Gosh, I don't remember exactly. 13 I don't to think, 16? That's I was literally going to say 13 to 15. Yeah. That's so, just kind of always where he's existed in my head. But they had the second highest scoring offense in the league. Right. So what what's interesting with Shanahan, and like this has to do in part with his infatuation with Kirk cousins is like, yeah, you want that guy, that elite type quarterback to lift your margin of error, right? Like give you more margin for error. If you're dealing with injuries to your linebackers, you have a quarterback who's capable of getting you 35 points if you need it. Right. Right. But ultimately Shannon, the most important thing to Shanahan in terms of his offense is Shanahan and his scheming Mm -hmm. and play calling. So like, I think in his mind, particularly looking at Brock Purdy in a similar fashion, like probably doesn't need Brock Purdy to be a top three quarterback to have a top two offense, right? Like, you know, the 49ers statistically, and they didn't go against a bunch of great defenses down the stretch when Brock Purdy was a starter, but statistically they had one of the best offenses in the league. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like what, that's one of the more fascinating things about, the NFL, particularly this season, is just how you don't necessarily like you. The, the best offenses can be a different conversation and talking point than the best quarterbacks. Right. Like, yeah, you would look at Brock Purdy and be like, yeah, well, from a skill set perspective, he's not a top five guy, but he can operate your offense to the point where you have a top five offense. And ultimately, like, what's the most important thing? And maybe, and and just to kind of further that point, 
a lot of the shortcomings with Garoppolo is like, well, he just doesn't create a lot out of structure. Right, and Purdy did. And maybe Purdy does that enough that, okay, he doesn't have the rocket arm and he's not, you know, running a 4-5, but he extends plays enough. Right. And we don't know. Like, he hasn't lost a game where he's finished yet. (laughs) So, I mean, well, okay, he hasn't lost a game where he's been healthy yet because I guess he did technically finish the NFC Championship game. But (laughs) he hasn't lost a game where he's had the use of both arms, which is impressive. 100% 100% completion rate. Uh, that's a great point. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, maybe maybe they've decided that Brock is that guy, and, and they think that over time he's just going to be a top-five guy production-wise, and he's going to create out of structure while also operating in the offense. Like, doing all the stuff they hoped Lance would do, he's just going to do it with lesser physical skills. But I also think there's an element of, like, I know they say they don't do the whole roster politics thing, and I think that's for the most part true. But going into this offseason, if they're just handcuffed and they're like, all right, Trey Lance is, is the guy until Brock's back, I think they're they're probably fine with letting that happen and seeing what happens. And he's just not getting any better and it's just kind of the same and it still doesn't look great and still a lot of incompletions and a lot of bad throws, then maybe that gives them enough that they pull the plug and are okay taking a third-round pick for him or whatever. But even then, it's like you you need quarterbacks. You no know, doubt. like you, no. you trade yeah. Trey Lance and you just have you're 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 gonna you're gonna have to get a quarterback. I meant I meant not necessarily this year, but maybe right. yeah, yeah. next offseason or whatever. Yeah. So I, I I I'm not I mean, again, we have to we have to kind of see how it all plays out, but I I'm just I'm not I'm not ready to just punt on the Trey Lance idea. No, me neither. But I mean, maybe maybe Purdy just showed him enough that they're like, oh yeah, this is exactly what what we need. I mean, it's really funny. Like, I think the Trey Lance James Wiseman comparisons are really funny and like really on the nose, mm-hmm. right? Because you're like, in in most other scenarios, a team picking a quarterback third is probably not going to be very good, and a quarterback is. A, a young rookie quarterback is going to be allowed to just play and play through mm-hmm. mistakes mm-hmm. and not have to deal with expectations the same way that like James Wiseman, if he was on the Houston Rockets would just be playing 30 minutes a game, getting all this development time, getting mm-hmm. all these NBA reps against NBA players. But because the Warriors are trying to win a championship and because every win is so precious they just don't have time to wait on a rookie like Wiseman to take his lumps in the same way right. that the 49ers probably aren't going to have the same level of patience with Trey Lance at this point, given that they've been to the NFC t- title game in a Super Bowl in three of the last four years and are trying so desperately to win a championship before their core of players ages out of it, right? Because, like, look, let's be real. I mean, Nick Bosa is probably going to be around a while, but like how long can we realistically say that like Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Fred Warner are all going to be at the peak of their prime? Like the NFL, that window with those types of guys doesn't last forever just by by nature of the physicality of the sport. It's super realistic that next season is the last season that all the guys you named are on the team together. Right. Like, you know, at some point, like, you know, is Debo Samuel going to be on the team in four years? Like that's a substantial question. Is George Kittle gonna, you know, gonna be healthy and productive in a few years? Like it's it's really tough to play that position in the brand that he plays, particularly given his lengthy injury history that he already has. Like realistically, the championship, the quote unquote championship window for this core of 49ers, barring, you know, just drafting other guys that turn into stars, which is also a possibility. Sure. But like this core probably has two or three years left of like really like us being able to consider them elite again. And this is, you know, maybe they draft like a couple stars in the third round again this year. And like, who knows? But point being, like, it's going to be really tough for them to have a young sort of developmental quarterback potentially who isn't playing at a high level like they're just not going to have a, a, a tolerance for it 
But the other side of that coin is that like, well, we've seen Kyle Shanahan get a ton of production from just about every quarterback he plays. Well, okay. We've seen him get a ton of production out of just about every quarterback he plays when the group is this talented, but you talk about this core over the next three or four years. And this gets back to the, to the Trey Lance Brock Purdy thing. Is this roster going to be, <laughs> I I use this phrase hat a little bit tongue in cheek. Is this quarter, is this roster going to be quarterback proof in three years? Or are they going to need a quarterback that's going to do more than hit yeah. short, you know, intermediate routes? Yeah, I mean, you make the trade. I don't know why you, I you make the, the word intermediate. You make the move for Trey Lance because you think he's going to be potentially a guy that can be your quarterback for a decade. And right, like, and your quarterback, your quarterback that can win you games if your defense is top. 20 instead of top one and not one well it's like (laughs) it's like what russell wilson was like i mean that's the thing we keep going back to the conversation about the difference between elite quarterbacks and just other quarterbacks the elite guys Mm -hmm. are guys you win with sort of no matter what your roster looks like Mm -hmm. right like russell wilson had a really good roster and they won they they won a super bowl and went to super bowls but when the defense was really bad and the offensive line was really bad and they didn't have the running game they were still a playoff team just because they had Russell Wilson, right? Like you put a mediocre quarterback in that scenario, you have a bad team, but if you have a bad roster and an elite quarterback, you can still be a playoff team. That's what I mean. Like when talking about having like a top five guy can, can shrink your margin for error, or I guess give you more margin for more margin for is what I'm saying. Mm. Um, So that was the bet on Trey Lance was like, well, he's pretty raw, but he's, athletic enough and potentially talented enough that that's the type of quarterback the Niners would have going forward. And that's the thing, like is Brock Purdy that guy? That's I, I have genuine questions about that. Right. So not to disparage Brock Purdy, he was phenomenal this year, but does he look like that with no Christian McCaffrey and no Elijah Mitchell and no Debo Samuel, no George Kittle, and a league average left tackle. Like, you know, it just a maybe. Like it's a definite maybe. Right. Like Brock Purdy on the Texans roster is not changing the Texans fortune. Right. Most likely. Right. So speaking yeah, of it's, the Texans. Speaking of the Texans. No, I mean just to put a bow on the quarterback thing, it's just a, a bow for today. This everything will come is, up again. Everything is on the table. <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, there's no scenario that could happen where I'd be like, maybe with the exception of Aaron Rodgers coming, that I would be like legitimately shocked. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Like, I think everything's just kind of like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> like, if you're like, oh, the Niners traded Trey Lance and a first and something else for Lamar Jackson, would you be like stunned? I'd be like, eh. Not really. <laughs> I'd be a little surprised. I mean, I would be stuck. It I'd would be, be like a big would... move, but I, I just think every like everything is on the table. Like I was, I was legitimately stunned when they made the Trey Lance trade because I knew they would like wanted to be. But I'd always, you know, people were like, well, they should trade up for quarterback. I was like, that doesn't really seem like something they want to do. And then they did it, and then I was like, that just recalibrated my thinking. Mm-hmm. Like they're willing to go all in. Like even the, the and I had the same thinking with Christian McCaffrey. And I should have known better. Like, no, the Niners aren't going to trade a a huge haul to go get a running back. Like, this is Kyle Shanahan. He can develop running backs. Like, no, now I'm to the point where, like, I saw them do the Trey Lance trade. I saw them do the Christian McCaffrey trade. I'm just like, yeah, if they packaged Trey Lance and went and got Lamar Jackson, like, I'm sure. (laughs) You know, like, it would be obviously a big deal, but, like, I wouldn't be as shocked as I would have been prior to like a deal like that like wouldn't be as surprising post trey lance and mccaffrey you know what i'm saying it's pretty rare that i vehemently disagree with you on this podcast i would be floored if they did that (laughs) i i just wouldn't i I think they're just they they just i just think they swing out of their shoes like they're gonna swing out of their shoes like let me let's see lamar jackson short to medium okay 
Okay. Dynamite in the mid-range. <laughs> you think Kyle Shanahan could scheme up Lamar Jackson? Because I think he could. <laughs> and Lamar Jackson throw it in the middle of the field. That's yes. all I need to know. Are you kidding? I'm flying through his PFF page right now. I'm trying to do the thing. <laughs> I'm trying to do like not act so much like I watch a shitload of players I don't watch a shitload of. Right. I watch some Lamar Jackson. For pro football focus, he's okay in the middle of the field. Lots of picks in that area. Yeah, but this is with Greg Roman as his coordinator. That's a great point. A lot of stop routes. And no receivers. Good point. Okay, fair enough. I'm just saying, like, my read on Kyle Shanahan is as time goes on and he gets closer to winning without actually winning, I think he's going to get more aggressive and, like, let's do it. <laughs> you know, like, hey, the Ravens called. They, they franchise Lamar, but they want to trade him. They'll take Trey and you know a first and and a second and i could see kyle being like i don't care about draft picks let's go you know it yeah. would probably be more than that in compensation but like i do i do think that's an interesting point you make because they go back to having a first round pick next year right like the trey lance deal ultimately was their first round pick in 21 and then number 28 and number 29 yeah, the following two years. Yeah. So, like, the pro- two late picks to move up. Well, two late picks and a pick swap. To move up to number three. Two late first-round picks. They're still first-rounders. What did I say? Oh, you said two late picks. Oh, sorry. Well, yeah, two late first-round picks. Yeah. And a pick swap. Like, that's just... I, I, still, I still think it's a good process. No, but, for sure. But the fact that they do get... And they've had so much success drafting in the third and fourth and fifth rounds and Elijah Mitchell's a sixth rounder DJ Jones before he left that's a sixth round pick like they've just had a lot of success in those rounds and if you can make a giant swing using your first and second round picks like why not okay hypothetical for you say Baltimore is like Trey Lance and your next two first for Lamar are you doing it? Trey Lance and two firsts for Lamar? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because those are going to be, those are very likely going to be late first. <laughs> they better be. <laughs> well, I mean, just got Lamar Jackson with, and, they, and those. And stuff. What's that? You just never know with injuries. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, and and I think that there's more to... Lamar Jackson's game than the than the one the the Ravens have been. Yeah, I think if you gave Lamar Jackson, Kyle Shanahan, and that wep- those weapons, they would be impossible to defend. Hmm. Can Lamar Jackson run outside zone? <laughs> People can't see your face when you make jokes like that. This is an audio medium. I know. We need to get on video. <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, like I don't want to get like people riled up that like <laughs> that that's. Okay, Lamar Jackson's fast. Is he football fast though? <laughs> What's his game speed like? I just I just want to point out that like I use the Lamar Jackson okay. thing as like an example because there's I just I just think Kyle Shanahan's at the point in his coaching career where he's like I just want to win a Super Bowl and we'll do is like we'll be kind of desperate for it. That's kind of why I think the Brady thing is pretty realistic. Yeah, maybe. But it would be, I feel like it would be peak 49ers to finally get Tom Brady and just get the worst version of him. <laughs> well, by that but point, maybe is, Brock Purdy will be healthy. Yeah. You get Tom Brady through like so, October and you're like, no, we got to bench Brady. <laughs> so I think if they're going to do that, they need to make significant investments on their offensive line. Yes, I would agree. Because with Brady, the part of the reason Brady looked terrible this year is because they couldn't block anybody and they couldn't run the ball. Yeah. So, and you like, have to factor in Brady's not going to be able to move. Like you're not going to be able to move the pocket and do right as much of the play action and the rolling rolling out and the bootlegs and all that stuff with Brady. Yeah. But anyway, we could talk about that if and if and when it happens. But yeah, I just think Kyle Shanahan's tired of coming close. 
So I feel D'Amico Ryan's head coach of the of your Houston Texans. The Houston Texans, yeah. I was in Houston today. It was bustling with D'Amico Ryan's excitement. Just buzzing? Oh yeah. The Houston airport, the United Terminal oh gosh, was just yeah. going crazy. Yeah. The lobby was buzzing for sure. <laughs> yeah um good for him he got a six-year contract yeah that's so pretty wild. hopefully that means the texans are going to let him cook for a few years before they decide to pull the plug on yet another head coach i mean a six-year contract in today's nfl world did, did D'Amico just make like 50 million bucks probably something like that i think right some, somewhere between 40 and 50. Yeah, that would be my guess. Seven or eight a year. Yeah. I, I, so, like, obviously super happy for him because this is a job he, he wanted. He didn't have to take this job. Imagine being pissed. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> Screw that guy. You to Miko Ryan. <laughs> You're going to leave. He's unfaithful to the Bay. <laughs> Miko Ryan's not faithful. UF TB <laughs> UF TTB no, um, stoked for him. Obviously is a job he wanted. I'm just really concerned for any coach that goes to the Texans because it, yeah. it's like, man, if it doesn't work out, especially an African-American head coach in the NFL, right? It's like, I, I I really really hope it works out for him. I'm I'm rooting. Very, count me in as a Houston Texans supporter. Yeah, like if D'Amico got like a four year deal, he'd be like, uh, okay, it's not great, but six right. years is like, all right, he's got a runway. Yeah, and I'm guessing in meetings that a a very smart guy like D'Amico Ryan's is looking at that roster and when he's meeting with ownership, going and with Nick Casario, presumably the GM, he's going, this needs a teardown. And I need time to let it tear down and then build it back up. This is not going to be a one-year thing. Six years means he's going to get most likely two quarterback decisions. Yes. Right. Yes. Where did they pick this year? 12th? I think they have... Do they have multiple first-round picks? Aren't they picking first? No, they're second because they scored that touchdown against the uh, in the last game of the year i heard people talking about the 12th pick do they this is just really good podcasting yeah i'm trying to naturally the the nfl draft order thing it has like a large explanation for every team and it's gonna take a million years to get down to 12 oh Um, yeah they they have the 12th pick from the browns from the watson trade that's right that old chestnut (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they have two they have the number two pick, the number twelve pick. It's a they the assets are there. I mean yeah. that division's not good. Uh, the Jags might be good for a while, but the rest of that division is is not in great shape. I mean, it's not outrageous that they could be in with, with a good draft this year that they could be in the playoff conversation in next year in two seasons. Yeah. Season after next. So the Niners are interviewing Steve Wilkes, your guy. I'm a big Steve Wilkes guy. Here's why. Steve Wilkes got screwed by the Cardinals. Yeah. He was a really good defensive coach with the with the Panthers. The Cardinals, while in the midst of being a dumpster fire, hire him for one year. They don't win and they fire him. Yeah. Like that sucks. Yeah. Rooting hard for him. Yeah. I I, I think Kyle Shanahan has enough equity to be for like people to trust. Like he's probably going to make a good hire at DC. Yeah. So Steve Wilkes, Vic Fangio is apparently still in the mix, despite reportedly being linked to the Miami job. Our friend Mike Silver said that, you know, that isn't a, that isn't a done deal yet. That's per Fangio. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. From Fangio himself. So maybe Fangio is still in the mix. Niners do have to interview minority candidates. Um, Ajiro Evero, the Broncos, uh, DC this last year remains a candidate for the Colts head coaching job. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think if you're a defensive guy 
and you're interviewing for a head coaching position, but you don't get the job, the Niners D coordinator job would be pretty enticing. Yeah. As a, as a backup plan. <laughs> They're loaded. They're loaded. You're playing, you're, you're taking over a team that went to three of the last four NFC championship games playing opposite left- Kyle Shanahan and a couple good seasons and you could potentially spring right to the front of the line in terms of being a head coaching candidate. Their last two defensive coordinators have gone on to be head coaches. Right. It's like, good luck, Chuck. Yeah. Hey, you're going to lose in the NFC championship game, but you're going to get a head coaching job. Yeah. So call up Kevin Costner. That's a movie. Yeah. I, I would be surprised if, like I said, if Shanahan didn't, didn't hit a home run with this coaching, with this, Defensive coordinator hire. We'll see. I don't know much about Chris Harris, but again, like I think it's a it's a pretty good vote of like what kind of coach he is. If Kyle Shanahan's like, well, yeah, I want to see about him for my DC. So he right. was the Bron- he was the Commanders defensive backs coach, and then the Titans apparently just hired him to be their passing game coordinator. And now the Niners are going to try and hire him away from Tennessee. Did they hire him or was that like a, there were rumors of him going there, like maybe in a, a soft agreement of him going there? I thought Schefter said he recently joined. Because oh, that happens a lot. Like, remember when Ken Norton Jr. was going to be the Niners linebackers coach? And then yeah. the Seahawks just like he was there for like a week and then this or he was technically going to be the guy for like a week. Adam Schefter. Yes. 49ers have requested to interview Chris Harris for their defensive coordinator spot. Harris recently joined the Titans as their passing game coordinator following his stint coaching the commander's DBs. But given that it's a lower position with Tennessee, they can't prevent him from, or I don't think they can prevent him from interviewing for a coordinator job. That sounds right. Right. Cause like that's, that's basically how D'Amico Ryan's became a QC with the 49ers or became position coach with the 49ers. I should say. Because they hired Ken Norton Jr. to coach their linebackers, and then Pete Carroll made him their defensive coordinator in Seattle. And then that allowed D'Amico to become linebackers coach. Hmm. That was 2018, I believe. 2017. Was it? Okay. But D'Amico came on in 2017. You mean when he was not the assistant? I think he was a QC his first year. Anyway. Okay. I'm not positive on that. But um yeah. Good I still think I like and maybe Raheem Morris. Are we sure he's going back to the Rams? He's interviewing for Are the we? Colts job also. You're right. He was QC in twenty seventeen. You're right. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> QC, that's quality control for you non for, you're non, for the non football non guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got. I don't think I have anything else. I don't think I do either. It's going to be another weird draft year. Man, all the, the draft. The the tweets from Mobile are just rolling in. Oh my god! They sure are, Chris. People, let me. I'll say this. Oh boy. People are really excited to go to the senior bowl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they People are. People are really excited to be there. I, I saw from Jim Nagy, the guy that runs that whole thing, that they gave out 4,000 credentials. That's <laughs> nuts. Yeah. That has to include like coaching staffs, right? I mean, even still, and how like many scouts how many and... NFL coaches and scouts could be there? I don't. I think. I don't know. I think the. Uh, actually, I'm not going to say this. I don't. I don't want to sound disrespectful. The NFL draft industrial complex is nuts. Yes, but shout out to the people who go. Shout out to the people who don't get an opportunity to cover a team day in and day out but get to go to mobile and, and cut their teeth. That's cool. Yeah, no, I I've never been, I'm sure it's fun. I just, I, it's just funny yeah. to me just seeing the, the tweets. 
tweets just crack me up. But that said, like the Niners, like we talked about before the 2019 draft, we talked about Debo Samuel basically because of the senior rule. Right. Like we thought the Niners were going to draft Debo Samuel because of what he was doing at the senior bowl and the fact that Kyle Shanahan was coaching that team. So, right. We did nail that one. So the senior bowl did have some purpose for us in that, in that case. Yeah, it definitely, like it definitely matters. Yeah. I'm just not going to live and die on senior bowl stuff. It just got really weird. The Matt Stafford trade year, like the whole Matt Stafford's coming to the Niners thing done deal. That was just bizarre. Yes. Yes, that was very, very odd. Word out of Mobile, like, what? <laughs> like, Kyle Shanahan's in Mexico, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway. Senior Bowl season, draft season, going to Indy this week, getting a head start on it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're such a grinder. Yeah. Just getting out wait. there early. Oh, yeah, just going to scope out the convention center, be like, oh, meeting rooms in here. Going to my- set up shop early. Bring my reporter's notebook. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going for Kings Pacers. I'm not really going to go for early, early, early scouting. A lot of Niners ties in that one. De'Aaron Fox and Talano Hufanga reportedly homies. Well, not Uh, reportedly. They they are. They know. I I can I can tell you they are. They're yeah. They know each other. Yeah. And Tyrese Halliburton, huge Brock Purdy guy. Yep. Iowa State. In the house. Cyclones. Mm-hmm. Do they say go clones? No chance. You don't think so? Go clones? Go... Maybe. <laughs> Come on, clones. If you went to Iowa State, let us know. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. We're off the rails. I'm done. Yep, I'm done saying things. Okay, so I review. Shout out Cooperage, cooperagebrewing.com. We will talk to you guys later in the week.